If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kamak with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about Black Minds Matter. So make sure you hear me clearly. Black Minds Matter. I didn't say Black Lives Matter. I said Black Minds Matter. And the reason we're going to talk about that is because as we approach the holidays, what you find is that all of us, we gather around friends and family, and sometimes family can do more harm than good. And sometimes at these gatherings, we take an opportunity to talk to one another about what we have done over the past year. Sometimes for some people, it's kind of like catching up on things that happened 20 years ago. And for some reason, family have this unique ability to get under your skin. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? You can be amongst people whom you've never met, people you don't know, and they can say things and it doesn't bother you, but you can be around family and they know exactly how to get under your skin. So we're going to talk about Black Minds Matter today and how in the Black community, especially, uh, people don't treat mental health as a thing. People don't regard some of the things that we have seen our aunties and uncles and sisters and brothers do over the years and realize that they seriously are unbalanced mentally. And part of it is the socialization. So we're going to talk a lot about that because I want us all to be healthy and whole in every area of our lives. I think that's the goal. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that everyone deserves an opportunity to experience that's wholeness. And the best way, one of the best ways to do that is to examine your mental health, right? To examine if you are treating yourself well, are you practicing self-care? And I want to go into that because I think most of us don't even know what self-care is. We, we, we Things happen in our lives and we don't talk about unresolved trauma. Imagine that, right? Whereas in other communities, amongst uh people of different ethnicities, they go to the therapist in a heartbeat. In the black community, people don't. And so you find that black uh, mental health and, 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 uh, is critical and becomes critical and passed on from one generation to the other and nobody gets treated and things blow up at the Thanksgiving table, things blow up at Christmas, things blow up during the holidays, things blow up anytime because we don't pay attention to our mental health. So I want to talk about that critically today. Uh, How did this start? Well, we were having a conversation in our household last night, and we began talking about family members. And over time, you begin to realize that some of the things that folks did may not have come from the best place. I'm just being honest with you. And you begin to realize that why would, if you're in your right mind, If you are conscious, you realize that if people were in their right minds, they would think different, right? 
And so we, I started looking at this, and I said, you know what, we need to talk about that, because over time, what I've noticed in the black community is that socialization is, is key. And this is key in all communities. It's not just the black community. I mean, the way we are socialized largely dictates how we present ourselves to the world and how we respond. So I want to talk about some key points. I want to focus on unresolved trauma, and I want to focus on response to crises, right? It's very important. I think in the next year, next year, uh, in January, I'm going to bring uh, an expert on uh, who's uh, to come on and talk about mental health in a serious way, right? I need to remember to reach out to her. It's been on my mind for some time, and I don't know. I just haven't, just haven't remembered too much stuff, right? So in talking about Black Minds Matter, there are a number of things that I want to focus on. And let me just tell you quickly what those are. I have come to accept that racism is part and parcel of the American way of life. I don't like it, but I recognize that I can't change it. I can't change the way people were socialized to perceive me based on the color of my skin. I can't change their perceptions of me because they already come predisposed. Once they see me, they have already attached to me, regardless of whether I deserve it, regardless of whether I've done anything to do that, they have already attached something attached to the way that my appearance looks. So one of the things most of us do is present ourselves in the best way possible. So for people like me, I make sure that I do I practice self-care after a traumatic incident occurs. I have learned that, right? I make sure that I take I guard my mental health so that my responses to situation would be typical. My responses to situation would fall within the realm of normal. If this were to happen to anybody else, this is a likely response. I make sure I take care of my mental health for my own peace of mind and for yours, too, if you really want to know the truth, because don't get it twisted. Sometimes people do really push some stuff, right? But when you look at how black minds matter, I largely accepted the fact that a lot of people in this country who are non-white or who are white don't care about the welfare of anybody else. Recently, I was talking with family members about some of our children who have graduated college, and I thought this was just a Michigan thing. My daughter told me that black graduates, black college graduates across the country are facing unprecedented unemployment with a four-year college degree. And even when they have advanced degrees, they're still not getting employed. And when they do get employed, they're they're earning minimum wage with a four-year college degree. We first began seeing this after the economic downturn. And of course, we might have attributed it to the fact that the economy had slowed down. But what people are literally experiencing is that when white and black kids, white and black people apply for a job, no matter how qualified the black person is, the white person is going to get the job. I have come to accept that that is the American way of life, that America pays more attention and somehow is partial to whites whether they are young or old, than they are to anybody else. I have just come to say it is what it is. But do you know the untold story behind that? The untold story is that there are real people who are damaged as a result of that uh, public policy, that unwritten moral code that exists in the society. People are damaged from it. 
And I want to bring it to your attention because you need to know. So each time a black person, a black child graduates or a black candidate presents themselves for a job and they're not given the job and the white person gets the job, I want you all to become aware and understand that you're contributing to someone's mental health demise. I heard the most horrific story just a couple days ago about a young man who went to law school in Florida. His family are from Maryland. He moved back to Maryland to get a job. He was hired into a law firm in Maryland. And because of this foolish at-will employment BS that exists in the society, promoted by oligarchs, promoted by people who are wealthy and who want wealth to be the, 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 the arbiter of people and the judging line of people. Help me, oh God, to make this clear today. What happens is he was fired, not because he didn't have a law license, not because he was a bad employee. Of all the people in the firm, they fired only the black person. They didn't fire the white people who weren't performing. No, they fired the black person. The guy is married. He's a young man. He's early 30s. He's married with a child. He got fired. When he got fired, he couldn't find another job quickly to save his house, to save his family. His wife was still working. The strain that that placed on them sent the wife into a mental health breakdown and she ended up being hospitalized because her husband could not find work. They're about to lose their home. They have lost their cars. They don't have money to buy groceries. They ran out of unemployment compensation. And the wife, whose income was carrying them, when she, guess what happened? She went into the hospital. After one month in the hospital, what did they do? You know it. They, they relieved her. They released her from employment. So now they have no health insurance, and now they don't have any income coming in. And the person who notified me told me that the young man sounds like he's going off his rocker. And I said, wouldn't you? That's trauma. So every, so I'm bringing this to your attention because so many people do not understand what your actions do to others. And this is happening in large part to black graduates. I heard another story of a black college graduate who graduated from college with a four-year degree and is working as a cashier for $10 an hour. People are getting notifications that your student loans are due, $750 a month, $800 a month. In my case, my daughter's student loan notice was $2,000 a month. And they can't find work. People want to hire you with your four-year degree and your advanced degree, won't offer you full-time employment, but they're bringing the white person in, paying them twice, the white kids, paying them twice. So I've just come to understand and accept that America is just racist that American employers are racist and they do not want black people to prosper. It's almost as if there's an unwritten moral code that because of Obamacare, Obama sought to provide health insurance for everybody, white people are going to make sure, white employers, white business owners are going to make sure that black people who come into their businesses do not prosper. You don't like it? It's the truth. You don't like being told that this is what it is? I'm, I'm not going to apologize. It is what it is. These are real-life experiences. People are experiencing it much to their demise, much to their family's demise. You're sitting back watching your son and daughter go crazy, going into depression after a traumatic racist incident at work. 
they're coming home and telling you how racist the environment is and how uncertain their employment is, even with college degrees. I'm not talking about people who might have just graduated high school. I used to think it was coincidental, but then I started thinking it is intentional. It is designed specifically to marginalize people. So, okay, so they can't lock you up en masse. They can't beat you up. They can't lynch you. But if they prevent you from working, you will go crazy because you can't work. You can't participate in the affairs of the society. So you'll end up committing a crime and you'll end up in the prison system and they get your labor for free. That's racism. Black minds do matter. I found I thought this was confined to the black community. Then I looked at other ethnicities. I heard the same complaints. They send their kids to school. The kids come home. They go to work. They're mistreated like everybody else, right? They're not promoted even though they're skilled, even though they're qualified for the job. They're still not promoted across all ethnicities except whites. They're mistreated, not because they're not qualified, but because a system of white racism and economic white oppression exists. I can't tell you enough how pissed off I am that this continues to happen because it's affecting young people. So what happens in other ethnicities, if they're Indian or of Southeast Asian descent or if they're of Arab descent, you know what they do? They go back home to work in mom and pop businesses. If mom and pop have a surgery, you know, have a surgical center, they go back and work in there as a doctor. If mom and pop have another business that while they were in college, they were like, I don't want to work in mom and pop business. I went to college. I want to come back and work in the profession of my choice because I'm educated in that field. They end up coming back and leaving because they can't break the glass ceiling. They can't break through the white barrier. If you don't believe me, go into any boardroom in the United States and it's all white. They're trying an experiment in Silicon Valley where they brought in Asians, right, to see, but they're not ending up in the boardroom. There may be one or two. But traditionally, everybody's white. The people who are making the policy decisions are white. It's almost as if they come back with a zing and they intend to make sure that people of color do not advance. What this is doing is creating a mental health crisis because now people don't know what to do. I saw a young lady on Twitter the other day, a black young lady, say that she got a job of her dreams for $200,000 a year. And the people were coming at her like, you need to tell us what you're doing because we're I'll have the degrees, send our resumes out, do something, and still not getting answers. You need to tell us what you're doing. And I want to say they probably hired you to keep it so you could go talk about it. So it would dismiss the myth that racism exists. Racism is not a myth. I know most white people are uncomfortable with that because you tend to say, well, it doesn't happen or it's not happening. It does happen. You want me to tell you about it, how it happened to me? I can tell you. You want to hear how it happened to me, how I lost $75,000, how I lost $95,000? You want me to tell you how it happened? I can tell you. And what happens is these are contributing factors to people's mental health demise. Black minds matter. And this apathy that exists in the society when it comes to how black and white people are treated is aghast and horrifying. 
it is so bad. My youngest daughter is 17, right? She wants to be a doctor. She announced last night that after studying the racism that exists in professional circles, she has already determined that after graduating medical school, she's going to become, she's going to go join Doctors Without Borders. She says, there's no way I'm working in a right racist system. She says, I'm not going to survive because I'm going to speak out. And she says, if they try to do something to me, I'm going to sue them. So to pre- why am I going to waste my talent and my gifts? I'll just go join Doctors Without Borders and go to some other outpost in the world where I can, where my medical degree and medical skills will be appreciated rather than in my own country where I'm mistreated. The same thing that black soldiers faced after World War I and World War II fighting for their country and returning home to racism and Jim Crow laws is the same things that are happening a hundred years later. People need to wake up. People need to realize that we must address this. We must erase it in order for people to continue. It cannot continue. Black minds do matter. That's one part of the equation. Then, of course, there's mass incarceration. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't support any kind of criminal activity. Don't, don't get it twisted, okay? In a minute, I'll just tell you. I don't support this new thing they have about banning the box and so on. That's not my thing. I don't like that, right? I think that people who are violent offenders, people who have done violent crime, they need to stay in jail until they're rehabilitated or prison or whatever it's called, right? I don't agree with letting violent offenders out. I believe they need to stay rehab because some some of those things that people do comes from some sort of mental thing going on in their brain, some kind of chemical hormonal imbalance in their brain, or that's just the way they are. I've come to accept that there are people who are psychopaths, people who do not experience remorse, right? And who create chaos and stand back and watch the chaos evolve, right? So there are some things you're not going to get me to agree with, but there are people who for instance, committed nonviolent crime. They were driving around with some weed in their pocket. They got pulled over. Immediately became an offense. They're locked up in jail. The family can't raise bail, right? And then because the family can't raise bail, they end up spending time in prison that seriously damages and affects them. They come out of jail damaged. Now you have a mental health disorder. Black minds do matter. The images we see on TV continue to perpetuate. Like yesterday, I heard that George Zimmerman wanted to sue Trayvon Martin's family for $100 million for defamation of character. You know what my response was? I was like, that's Trayvon Martin's family's fault. You know why? They should have sued, brought a civil suit against him and took him out and put a lien against everything he and his family owned so that he could never rise up again. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. George Zimmerman shot that young black man in cold blood and got away with stone-cold murder. And you all are supporting that? And you call yourselves human, right? You say you are nice people. Think about it. Think about it. We, see, we look at people and we judge people by appearance. You look at people and you, start, you see their color and you start judging them. Did, did Trayvon Martin deserve to die because he's wearing a hoodie in his family? Uh, environment. George Zimmerman saw him. He didn't have an altercation with him. He didn't have an, it's not as if he interacted with the kid and the kid told him off or something. It was nothing. He just saw him and just said, he looks like a criminal. Why? Because he's wearing a hoodie. 
I wear hooded. Do I look like a criminal? My daughters wear hooded. You're going to look up my daughter, one of whom is a law graduate. My other, my youngest daughter is about to graduate high school. You're going to look up my kids and call them criminals because of the color of their skin. You got to be kidding me. Is that a rhetorical question? Do I need to answer that? It's a rhetorical question. You see what I'm saying? Do you see, you see where I'm coming from? These are the things that are happening large scale. So here we are coming to the dinner table on, on Christmas, right? <laughs> Thank you. Right? So we're all coming to the dinner table. And a family member says, hey, so are you working now? Not knowing that this same person, through no fault of their own, was fired because of the endemic racism that exists. This person, through no fault of their own, was demoted. This person never got the opportunity. And here comes a family member asking a dumb, stupid question that sends what I call triggers. It's so easy today for people to be triggered. I myself, I never knew this could happen to me, but I myself, every time I get behind the wheel of my car, I'm checking myself, do I have my driver's license with me? I remember years ago, my daughter told me a story about a girl she worked with who is white, and she was driving for, she drove for eight years without her driver's license, never worried about it, the white girl, never got pulled over. You know what stopped her? She got pulled over. And they found that she didn't have a driver's license. She was not arrested. She was not yanked out of the car. She was given a ticket and told to go get her driver's license. That would not have been the experience if it had been my daughter or myself who got pulled over. Come on. Right? People are talking on here. Let me hear what you all think. And that's white blame you, white lives matter. Are you all right? Who are you talking to? There's no one here and I'm certainly listening to you. You don't have to listen, honey. There are other people on there. You can't see them, so you don't have to listen. If this does not concern you, and if you want to say that white lives matter, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about black minds matter. So if you don't want to participate, thank you for being here. You can leave, right? And let me talk to the people who really want to hear this, right? But we've got to get to the place where we start thinking about how our behavior impacts others. And if you can't see the bigger picture, then that tells me you're just as racist as everybody else. Because we have to think about how our behavior impacts the other person. If you don't think like that, then you don't live in a society. Where do you live? Out in, on top of a mountain, just by yourself? All of us, our behaviors affect other people. I employ people. I have other people who work with me. I have employed people in the past, and I employ them. I don't care who you are. I care about your skills. I care about your ability to get the job done that I want. I don't care if I'm not fulfilling a quota. I just want somebody who will do the job. And I pay you accordingly. Right? That has been my approach as an employer. Can you get the job done? Okay, what's your experience? Tell me what your skills are. Show me your experience that you have done in the similar field. I am saying that that's the thing because our unintended actions hurt others, right? There are other things that contribute to this as well. There's something called self-care. Let's talk about trauma. You want us to talk about trauma? Let's talk about trauma for a bit. 
there is this society-wide trauma that black people fear being pulled over by the police. Black people fear uh, large gatherings because if something goes wrong, more than likely they're going to, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Okay. But then there is the trauma that comes from uh, adverse childhood experiences, right? Where bad things happened in your childhood that were not treated. All of us have been exposed today. If you had an alcoholic parent, if you had a parent who abused drugs, if you, had a, if you have a parent who sexually abused you or physically abused you or emotionally abused you, on the spectrum, there are things that happened in our past, in our childhood, that impact the way we behave as adults. The thing that most people are concerned about today is how does that impact your physical health? And where it intersects with your physical health is where we all have a problem, right? So if you know... And and most of us, to be honest with you, arrive in adulthood and we don't want to face the past. We don't want to, we're not comfortable with exploring the things that happened to us in the past because it's painful and rightly so. Who wants to confront that an uncle sexually molested you in a closet when everybody else was upstairs watching TV, he was busy doing what he shouldn't have done? Who wants to face that, right? Who wants to deal with that? Who wants to deal with the fact that your mother and your parents said they loved you, but they beat you within an inch of their life? Or they said they loved you, but they starved you of food. Or they were emotionally negligent. They abandoned you over and over. Nobody wants to confront that. But here's the thing. The unresolved emotional traumas from our past impact us as we become adults. It impacts who we choose as life partners. It impacts who we become. It affects our behavior, and because it affects our behavior, right, we tend to ignore it or overlook it. I shouldn't have looked, right? (laughs) Sorry, I took my eyes off, right? And what happens is that because we don't acknowledge it, we don't treat it, we can't get over it. So that behavior that happened 25 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, because you don't treat it, it now impacts the way you behave moving forward. And now here you are with untreated issues that contribute. You've, you've heard of bipolar disease and schizophrenia. Those are outside the realm. Those are different. Uh, those are not chemically induced as much as there are things that happen inside of people's minds. And sometimes they become evident when people are exposed to traumatic situations. We talk about triggers. So let's role play this for a minute. So you have a situation where a family member molested somebody, right? You go to a family gathering. This family member is still a part of the family, is present. You have a child. So this happened 25 years ago, 15 years ago, but now you have a child and you see that same family member ready to touch your child and you go bonkers and go crazy. And everybody's like, what is your problem? You hate Uncle Joe. You are always saying things about Uncle Joe. You hate him. It never occurred to anybody that the reason you dislike Uncle Joe is because Uncle Joe had touched you in the past. But because you never dealt with it and you didn't treat it, you are triggered by seeing Uncle Joe touch some other child. 
brings back painful memories, right? We need to deal with our unresolved emotional issues, right? Uh, sorry, Raven, because it is what it is. It's getting, it's get, it's too much. It, it's affecting too many people around me, and I can't ignore it anymore. So it might make you uncomfortable, racism. It's affecting too many people around me. Too many people around me are being adversely affected by racism, that I have to talk about it, okay? So if it makes you uncomfortable, it is what it is. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it any more than you do, but I have to, right? So try to, if, uh, try to uh, see it from my perspective and see from their perspective for a minute. They're saying, Auntie, this is happening. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. But too many, too many, right? So pray for me as I pray for you, right? Pray for me, everybody, as I pray for you, right? So imagine now, and this happens in all sectors. So imagine you're sitting at the dinner table, and this comes up. Do you see what I'm saying? We all need to go and treat the stuff that happened to us as children. Let's say you grew up with an alcoholic parent. You know, from you were five, your parent was an alcoholic, so they would send you to go get the drink, right? Ah, oh, baby. We can talk off air. <laughs> Call me, 248-491-8139. I'll tell you. Right? I'm sorry. <laughs> right? But do you see what I'm saying? So you have a lot of untreated stuff that is going on. And people don't really, we, we, we tend to ignore how much, and, and this is a feeling of all of us, we tend to ignore how much. 